They buried me in the water and I came, I knew. Ha <laughs> ha! Now I'm baptized in blood. What's up, Sheepdog? Welcome to the Changing the Culture podcast. That was my boy at One Time Music. Go look him up on all the socials, Instagram. You can go find all of his music. That song is called Baptized in Blue. You're going to be able to listen to that at the end of this podcast episode. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you enjoy One Time's music. He's a fellow police officer. He's the man. I love this guy. Go listen to his shit. Sheepdog Nation, I'm really excited to have you here and have my special guest here. He's a longtime friend of mine. He hosts the number one criminal justice podcast called The CJ Evolution. I've been on it. You've got to go listen to it. He's amazing. Pat, I'm so happy to have you here. Can you introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about you? Well, again, Autumn, it's, a, it's an honor being here with, uh, with you and your tribe right here. And uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Pat Fitzgibbons. I'm a 23-year veteran of law enforcement uh, here in Colorado. Uh, I retired in 2019 uh, at the rank of an operations commander. And we, we kind of talked about, diff- you know, it's different in different uh, parts of the country, but um, I was in charge of all the operations on the street, including the sergeants and, you know, all the patrol officers. Um, I was third in line from the chief's position. And again, structures are different, as, as many of you probably know, in law enforcement agencies. Um, but, um, yeah, 23 years in law enforcement, retired in 2019, about four years ago, I started a podcast. Thank you for the plug, uh, autumn, uh, CJ evolution podcast. And it's been a great ride. I'm almost up to like 385 episodes, I think. Wow. Uh, and it's been great, you know, having a great ride military veterans. So if anybody is a veteran out there, big shout out to you and thank you all for your service, uh, in law enforcement and supporting law enforcement. Yeah. And thank you. And you guys, if you haven't gone and listened to his podcast, it's really good. You've had some really amazing guests on there. I mean, not talking about like just your episodes, your episodes alone when you talk are amazing, but you've had some amazing guests on your podcast. Um, Definitely a podcast that I look up to. So um, Sheepdog Nation, make sure we go check that out. You can find it any place you can listen to podcasts, DJ Evolution. So my question for you, Pat, it came like right out of like when you were introducing yourself as how did you survive the job for 23 years? Because you're doing pretty good. You, you got a lot going on. You know, I wasn't, oh, that's a great question, Autumn. And, and I always wasn't, uh, I wasn't in the place I am now for, for many years. I mean, I was bitter. I was pissed. I was angry, uh, like uh, so many of our brothers and sisters are. Uh, and I, I survived just because I, I, somewhere along the way, about midway in my career, I, I started to shift my mindset and started to, uh, realized that there were other contacts out there besides law enforcement. And I, that's not a ding on law enforcement, but the one thing I tell people because I teach and talk to academies, uh, of course, have the show is you got to get friends outside of law enforcement. I think that's so uh, important because they're going to bring a different perspective. And for me, you know, that was the catalyst. I mean, getting more, you know, friends outside of law enforcement, starting reading things other than policy and, you know, in statutes and stuff like that. So that really helped me kind of change the course. And to your question, that helped me kind of survive, a, uh, you know, the ups and downs of a, 
of a very difficult job. And so can you tell me what you're doing? What are you doing now to like keep you thriving? You know, it's all, I mean, I know mindset is kind of the, the latest kind of thing and you hear it everywhere, but that really is uh, my secret. I mean, every day, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I wake up in gratitude and some days are harder than others, but you know, it's just, I, I practice gratitude. I meditate, I work out, I, you know, I eat well, I have a loving family. Um, but that's what keeps me going. And again, it's, you know, it's kind of changing a mindset if you have that negative mindset and it takes work and it's a, it's a daily process, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So that's my secret. Again, it's really not, re- I'm not reinventing the wheel or anything. It's just, it just works. If, you, if you look at every success, I know you're a big, uh, you love meditation, Autumn, and, and that's the reason why you're as successful as you are, along with other things and practices and habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, you know, drives my success and gets me up in the morning. So you wrote a book. Tell, tell us about the book. <laughs> it's a micro book. It's called Evolve. Uh, and I wrote that last year and I wrote it for first responders. And it's a micro book. It's a small micro book. Uh, and I talk about it, Evolve as an acronym, Elevate, um, you know, Love Yourself, um, uh, ever, others, you know, who you surround yourself with. Um, and again, that acronym is really the mantra uh, of my life now, you know, visualization, mindset, uh, every day be your best. Um, and I wrote it for first responders and it was a hit. And uh, if anybody wants a copy, just reach out to me through social media and I'll give it to you. And again, it's just not telling war stories. I think there's enough of them out there. Mm-hmm. But it's about, you know, giving the officers um, the tools that they need to kind of uh, live a better professional and personal life. Absolutely. I have it. I think it's a great book. Um, and like you what I love about it is it's not super long and it's really direct yeah. and straight to the point. Well, officers can't read, you know that. No, you know, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm an audible girl by sh- for sure. But so anyway. no, it was a great experience and I'm glad I did it. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of c- continue to give back to a profession that was good to me for so many years. Love it. I love it so much. So if you don't mind me asking, how come you, like, did you guys have a 20 year retirement and like, or like, why did you retire? No, I retired quite frankly, because I wanted to do uh, other things and I was burned out of the job. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to do other things. 23 years is a long time. And I was at the top of my game and I get that question a lot. I mean, people, you know, I had my friends that I went through the ranks with, um, you know, said, what, what are you doing? You know, why are you retiring? And I said, well, I just want to do other things. And I think, you know, when you get to that point in a career where you're kind of burned out and, and you want to do other things, I don't think you should linger around, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're not doing the agency any, any good. Not that I wasn't doing my work or anything, but I had other aspirations. I wanted to work more on the show. I had planned to leave the agency and leave, you know, and retire. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach and do a lot of other stuff on the side. So I had a plan and every every career is going to end at some point. And I had a great career, but yeah, I mean, I just wanted to do other things and I was kind of burned out. And so do you believe this? I have to ask you this because this is like pretty much right along, right in this, like along the lines of something I believe in is, and I can't remember who said it. I don't know if it was like, if it was Jocko or somebody said that if you, um, like if you've been in a leadership position for like more than three or six years or something, you need to get out because exactly what you said, at, like you're no longer on the incline. You are definitely declining now. Like, is that like a, like kind of what you believe as well? Yeah. I mean, well, I, you know, I think everybody's different and, but you know, you really have to have, you know, I, I, I struggle with this and you can ask my wife, I was like, okay, what do, what do I do? I mean, do I, um, do I, do I stay in it and, you know, get more burned out? 
because the higher you go up in an organization, mm-hmm. and again, this isn't a ding, the less police officer work you actually do. Yeah. Uh, and the more managing of people and supervision, that's what you're doing. And that's not, that's not a bad thing. It's just that, you know, I, I missed being on the street to an extent. I missed going out and, and catching bad guys, but that was no longer my role. Mm-hmm. But, and again, I was burned out. So I think it takes, you know, a gut check and, and a little humility and pushing the ego aside and saying, you know, because the title, I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're one of, you know, you're a commander. I mean, who would want to do that? I mean, some people wouldn't, but you know, <laughs> I, I just had a gut check and said, you know, I'm, I need to, I need to leave. I didn't get in trouble or anything like that. I just knew it was time to leave. I wanted to do other things. And I went out on a high note. I love that. You know, I, I really love that. And here's why I love that one. I love that you trusted your gut. I think that we all need to do more of that. We all know that I preach that all the time, but two, going out on a high note and knowing when you're not give, it's not that you weren't doing your job. It's not that you weren't, you know, giving the best of you, but you just knew you're like, but yeah. my focuses were other places. Would you say that if more leaders acted like that and were more self-aware, we'd probably be a little further along in law enforcement? I, I would say so. I mean, when we all work for, at least I have worked for leaders and I'm sure you have, I know you have Autumn. you know, where you're like, you know, the, we call them rods. I don't know what you call them back east, but yes. you know, retired yeah, on duty. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, some of these people just need to go. And, and the problem with some of those people is they, they haven't prepared, you know, they haven't made plans. They haven't looked to the future because we're all going to retire. We're all going to quit doing this job at some point. And I had a plan from the very beginning. I mean, I knew early on in my career, you know, I, I just had, I just believe, believe in being versatile and having a backup plan and then having a backup plan for the backup plan. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had it planned out. So for me, it was a little easier, but to your point, yeah, I think a lot of people stay in roles when it's beyond their time and they need to exit because it's not, they're not doing any good for the agency. Yeah. And like, would you, do you think that that's like a, you think that's a leadership flaw? Would you oh say yeah, that? definitely. Well, I think it's these, a, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just think we get these people, exactly these rods, but like, I just remember working for a chief who'd been, he'd been chief for like 15, 20 years. And I'm yeah. like, time to leave. Like, what do you even know anymore? You know, other than, yeah. you know, you know, politics, but you don't know anything about being a cop anymore. That's for sure. And I don't know, it just seems to me like today, in today's day and age, and I would love to hear your opinion on this, Pat, I just feel like we have a lot of leaders that have been, in the, that been where they are. They've never faced what we're dealing with, right? I, can, I think we can say that a lot of people, not, I mean, there's obviously in the inner cities, you know, the big ones, they've probably mm-hmm. seen this, right? But for the most part, they've never seen or dealt with any of this, and they're so unfamiliar with how you know, millennials and how younger people are like, they're just, they're handling this so wrong. And then they're losing, they're losing yeah. their men and women all through the ranks. Like nobody wants to, ha- nobody has any respect for their leadership. What do, you, what do you think about what's going on? You know, I agree. I mean, I think it comes down to like what I was talking about is a gut check and having a conversation with yourself. The, I, I've always said it, you know, when I went up to the ranks and I, before I retired, I always told people, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I don't want to mm-hmm. be the guy that is in, room, in the room saying, okay, I know everything. You guys don't know anything. And I'll sit there and nod my head. If you say something, I want to be surrounded by people who are smarter than me. Mm-hmm. And if it's millennials, if it's Gen Z, you know, I think millennials just to sidetrack a little bit, I think millennials get a bum rap. I really do. And I think Gen Z do too, because they bring so much to the table, Oh yeah, you know, and, and, you know, as administrators, we need to hear their feedback and, and, and listen to them because they're the one out, they're the backbone. I mean, most mm-hmm. of them are in patrol. They're the ones doing the job. So mm-hmm. I would agree with you. I think some of these senior administrators, they need to get out and let the next generation take over. Uh, and again, I, like I said, I, I always wanted to surround myself with people 
you know, who are smarter than me. And, you know, it's, it's the one thing I learned very on as I went up to the ranks, it's okay to say, you don't know. I mean, you don't want to make that a habit, but you know, you, it's okay to say, you don't, you don't know the, the worst leaders I ever worked for were the people that said, well, I know everything, or they have that attitude. Oh, you know what I mean? You worst. really can't tell them anything because they're the smartest guys in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's the way they look at things. You know, so I don't, I don't know if any of my listeners or Pat, if you accidentally, so I accidentally sent out this email to my entire list and it was supposed to go to just my mastermind. I was having some major technical difficulties. Um, and so I, I don't know if anybody, if any of my listeners got this, but I'm really, really into watching um, the most successful people in the world and studying, the, studying them. My mastermind members know this because I have not stopped talking stop talking about Michael Jordan for like four weeks now. <laughs> They're like, okay, finish his book. Um, and so, cause I've been reading his book and I watched, um, if you haven't, I don't know. Have you watched that Pat on Netflix? Um, uh, I haven't. I heard it's dance. great though. I heard it's yeah, awesome. Gotta watch it. It's amazing. And he's a big supporter of, of Leo's. So. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But he's also the best in the world and not even LeBron James is as good as Michael Jordan. Okay. And so this, you know, this is a big deal. And I, and I love studying people like this. And you know what? That's the one thing that he said, he, he would go and he would pick out a ball player his whole career that he felt was better than him, Pat. And he would play one-on-one with him until he beat that ball player. And the reason why is because he was doing what you did. He was surrounding himself with people who were better than him to make him better. And, and, you know, I have to say this, I want everybody to hear me because you know, it's really one thing I admire about you too, Pat, is like, you're always climbing. You're like, how can I be better? Who can I be around? What can I mm-hmm. do? Like, you're always evolving. I love your book. You're always evolving, right? But I find a lot of us tend to want to stay comfortable. I mean, we all want to be comfortable. Who wants to get uncomfortable? It's like we climb and climb and climb just to get comfortable. And then it's like, shit, I'm staying here for a while. Yeah. But, but the true leaders and the people who are truly successful are always on that climb, right? They're like, all right, we're always evolving, always evolving. And, and so my question to you is how can we apply this to like our careers? What would you say to somebody to help them evolve and help them grow and go to the next level? Well, I think it starts with a conversation. Great question. I think it starts with a conversation with yourself and an honest question, you know, is, you know, where, where do you want to go in your career? You know, and then once you answer that, you need to start working on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not right. There's no, there's no secret to, to success in my opinion. It's just, you know, first of all, it starts with yourself. You know, it's because like I said, I wasn't always this cheerful guy you see in front of you. Mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, bitter and I was angry, mm-hmm. but I knew that I needed to quit blaming people around me for everything. Uh, you know, it starts with, you look, everything that happens in your life mm-hmm. is because of you, mm-hmm. good or bad, whether it's career, whether it's personal, everything that happens uh, is because of you. So once you adopt that mindset and start realizing, and I know it sucks, it's not easy, mm-hmm. but everything that happens to you personally, professionally is because of you. Because once you stop blaming other people, mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like a light goes on, at least it did for me, yeah. and taking responsibility. So to have that success, it starts with working on yourself. I mean, I follow you on Instagram, uh, Autumn, and I see the transformation you're doing with your workouts and you're killing it. But it had to come with a discussion with yourself internally. Absolutely. You, know, you have to do it for yourself. So again, I don't think there's any secret to, to success. I think it's hard work, determination, making a plan and committing to it. It's the same in your professional life. 
Yeah. You know, we were going to talk about promotions. I remember when I didn't get promoted the first couple times, I was pissed off. I was like, fuck this, you know, it's not, mm. you know, it's, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to another apartment. Yeah. And then the third time I didn't get promoted, my buddy said, you know what, why don't you look in the mirror and you, you know, you're just project, projecting that negativity. And that's probably the reason why you're not getting promoted. And you got to ask yourself when it comes to promotions, I know I kind of digressed a little bit. Would you hire you? Mm. That's what, or would you promote you? Mm. And at that point I wouldn't, you know, because my attitude is all fucked up. Yeah. So it starts with you, you know, whatever you want to do, you can do. I know it's a cliche, but it's true. No. And I love that. So you, I mean, obviously you moved up the ranks. I mean, 23 years, it's, it is a long time, but honestly, I feel like you moved up the ranks quite quickly. I did. Um, yeah, I did. How did you do that? Well, I changed my attitude. Like I said, I was on the fast track, you know, I mean, I stopped blaming other people for, you know, not getting promoted, hard work, determination. I knew I wanted to retire at a, with some rank, uh, you know, that I had some influence. Um, and again, I just dedicated myself to it and committed myself to it. And it happened. So what uh, would you give? So Pat, let me ask you this. What would be like three or you don't, it doesn't even have to be three, but what would be some things? So let's say here I am, I'm on the road, right? And I want to be, and I want to be promoted. What were the things that you changed? Like, did you not pull up car to car anymore? Did you stop talking shit about other people? Did you um, spend some time shadowing a supervisor or whatever? Like, tell us some of the things that you did. Yeah. I mean, one of those things is the great, I mean, I, you know, I stopped, well, you got to understand in my career, I was in an administrative role for, for a while. I was in there for a couple of years. So meaning I was, I was helping out the admin. I was part of the, the command staff. So and that was before I became a commander. So I purposely wanted that administrative role, taking myself off the street. And I had an option. I had an, an opening came up. I put in for it and I got it. But I knew that in order for me to get promoted, at least in my agency, I had to be in sight of the command staff. Because that's one thing that people understand. If you're working graveyards all the time and you, you know, you're not, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Yeah. So if you want to get promoted, you got to get yourself in a position if you can to get noticed. Mm. Because again, the reason why some people don't get promoted because they're not, they're not getting noticed. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they're on a night shift. So if you have the ability to get on a day shift and I know, <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't want to be around command staff. I get it, but that, that can help too. So that'd be one piece of advice. You know, again, be humble. I mean, I know, I mean, that's simple, but be humble, you know, admit your mistakes. Don't blame other people. You know, if, if I always learn, like if you're on a scene and you know, you're wondering for, you know, who's in charge, guess what? You're it, you're in charge before. So take charge, you know, you know, take, take the lead in certain uh, roles. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, don't do it for the money. You know, you can't do it for the money. I, I can't tell you how many, and I've said on a lot of promotion boards, where people said, well, I just like, you know, I just want to do it for the money. Well, if you're doing it for the money and trust me, the money's great, then that's not the right reason. You ought to do it to, because you want to help the organization, your leadership skills are going to benefit the organization. The list goes on, mm -hmm. but don't just do it for the money. So I mean, there's a bunch of other advice I would give uh, prepare, you know, prepare too. I mean, I'd be amazed at how many people I, cause I was on the opposite side. You know, once I got promoted, I would sit on these promotional boards and it would amaze me how many people that wanted to get promoted came in underprepared. And mm. I mean, in this day and age where there's so much information out there at our fingertips, there's no reason why you shouldn't be prepared. So Absolutely. those were the tips that I would give you. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, pulling up car to car and stuff like that, I don't see anything wrong with that. Definitely you hit on something important too, Autumn, is, you know, is the gossip, you know, talking shit and stuff like that. Just know your audience for one. 
because when I didn't get promoted the first couple of times, you know what, especially in a smaller agency, it got back to command staff, which was probably the reason I didn't get promoted because it was me went back to my, you know, taking accountability for my actions. So those are just some of the uh, tips I would give. How, how would you, what would you tell somebody now to how to deal with all of the stress and all the shit that's going on and all this chaos, right? Like, what would you tell boots on the road? What would you tell them? Cause I mean, he, here's the thing is there are future in law enforcement mm -hmm. and right now they're facing some chaotic times, unprecedented, completely unpredictable, uncertain, but we need them to stay emotionally, you know, mentally sound. That's what we need because they're going to be our leaders. So what would you Tell them, like, what's some advice for that? Again, I think what I would do is turn off the news. I mean, mm -hmm. I know it's hard to do sometimes, but, um, you know, turn off the news. I mean, just, you know, get focused on when you go to work, be prepared, you know, but don't sit there and watch news all the time. I mean, I, I really am a, a fervent believer that the majority of people out there support law enforcement. Do I, and I say this all the time on my show and people I talk to, do I wish they were more vocal? Yes. I would say don't, if you're, if you're buying into all this crap that you see in some of the news outlets and what people are saying about cops, I, I just don't think that's true. It sucks. And that's the reality now, but it's not the majority of people who think that way about police officers. Next, I would say, you know, I mean, work out, keep yourself in shape, you know, eat well, sleep well when you can. I know it's hard. I've been on graveyards for, I was on graveyards for years. I know how difficult it can be, but that doesn't mean you can't eat well and take care of your body. You know, you know, listen to shows like Autumn's. I mean, I mean, that those are inspirational shows. Uh, I mean, there's so many tools out there and so many resources out there that they're really, you know, that you can you can immerse yourself in some other positive stuff instead of just focusing on the negative. And quite frankly, that's what helped me, you know, through I mean, I never went through anything like now. It's always been a difficult job, and I think it's more difficult now. Mm -hmm. But again, you have options, I think, and what you focus on. You know, mm -hmm. if you're just focusing on the negative and what's going on in the news. And it's just going to consume you. There's so many other things you could be focusing on your fitness, you know, I mean, positive things. And I'm, that's just not, you know, fluffy kind of hippie stuff. I mean, that's true. I mean, true. when you, when you, when it's time to go to work, you strap up, you go do your job, but don't just focus on it 24 seven. And I mentioned before is get friends outside of law enforcement. That really helped me. Other influences. You don't have to meet somebody. I mean, you can listen to their podcasts. You can listen to, you can read their books. Again, mm -hmm. that helped me. So I think that would help mitigate some of the, the stress uh, that uh, officers are dealing with today. hundred percent. You know, one, one of the big, um, one things that you keep repeating, you don't say it about the way that I'm about to say it, but one thing that you keep saying over and over and over again, and I want to highlight is that you keep saying in order to be successful and it doesn't matter in any capacity, you need to take radical responsibility yeah. for yourself. Because I want you to think about that. Like, and I want, my, I want my listeners to think about that because how many people do we know and do we work with who are not taking responsibility for their shit? She is an awful boss. He is an awful leader. My sergeant doesn't take care of me. My coworker is an asshole. My wife doesn't understand me. You know, but like you're saying, like we all have those issues, you guys. Like we all face that shit. Like, but- but the the people who are going to thrive and succeed, they don't, they don't settle on that. And you know what? Here's the thing is, Pat, what I love about what you said is, yeah, I was there too. You're sitting here saying, wait a minute, I was there. Like, I was that person. Me yeah. too. I mean, I was like, I got spit up and chewed out by the job. Most of us do, to be honest with you. I, I think the people that are like you, right? And I've loved, to, obviously, I want to hear your, you know, 
your opinion on this, but like you obviously got your shit together as we've discussed. What do you think pushed you? I mean, do you think that failing, like not failing, but like not getting promoted a couple of times, like what was the big thing when you were like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to take responsibility for myself. Like what do you remember? Like what was the, Oh trick? yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I was getting to a point, like I said, I went through a, you know, a tough year. I mean, I was, I think I was doing a good job at work, but I was all in consume myself with work all the time. Uh, my, my uh, relationships with my kids started to fail. I got divorced, you know, uh, at a certain point after 20 years of marriage, got remarried, but that play in my attitude and the way I treated people and kind of internalizing things and blaming others, um, you know, really, I mean, it, it ended my marriage. I take full responsibility for that. And, you know, to this day, you know, I'm still trying to rebuild, you know, relationship with my daughter that was damaged during that time, you know, because I was never there. I was always, you know, kind of isolating myself, drinking too much, you know, just in that victim pity pot. Oh, woe is me fucking shit. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, I'm not trying to minimize the, you know, the psychological aspect of that. I'm just saying that for me, that was the, that was the catalyst. That was the, the fork on the road kind of thing where, I, okay, I can continue going this way uh, down this, you know, endless rabbit hole of darkness, mm -hmm. or I can get my shit together and start changing the way I think and start surrounding myself, you know, with, you know, different people. And again, that's not a knock on law enforcement, mm -hmm. but I started, you know, getting friends that were more positive, that were uplifting me, that pushed me to get in better shape, to eat right, you know, because we all know those people in an agency that are just every fucking, every day is shit day. You know, every day is, oh, they suck, they suck, they, you know, I suck, you suck. And that stuff just, you know, it permeates. It's like, a, it's toxic. And I was one of those people. So for me, it was, you know, getting divorced, uh, you know, strained relationship with my kids. It really was the catalyst for me to change. Amazing. And I just have to laugh because we all know every, there's always somebody <laughs> that we all know that every oh, yeah. day is shit day. <laughs> I mean, every day. I mean, it's, you know, it's a shit day. And I, and I always tell, you know, new officers when I would, you know, go to the academies, you know, they, you know, what, what kind of advice would I give you? I give them a lot of advice, but one of the pieces of advice was align yourself with the good officers. You know, I mean, I'm not saying officers, I mean, I'm just saying the officers that are positive and upbeat and want to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the people that are going to thrive and those the new officers are going to thrive rather than, you know, um, you know, get with the officers that are negative. One of the first things I did when I became a commander, I was in charge of the FTO program. I was in charge of, you know, patrol officers as I fired some FTOs that I thought were worthless and they were toxic mm. because the FTOs are the ones that greatly, uh, yes. you know, influence the new officers. And they were not horrible people. They just, they were just toxic and they weren't, they, they didn't, they didn't belong in the position they were to influence these young cops. So what do you do when you can't control like you can't control like the agency, right? You can't, you can't control the people, the leaders, you can't control anything. What do you do? How do you, how do you survive? Well, listen, you can't control other people. I think we all know that, but what you can control is yourself. So I think so many times I think people want to try to control other people or try to change other people's behavior. But the one thing you do have control over is yourself, you know, your attitude, what you bring, you know, to every day to work. And I would say if it's that bad, bad in your agency, you I mean, you have options, go work for another agency, mm -hmm. you know, go work for another agency, but realize that every agency is going to have their problems. Every yes. agency is going to have their issues. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends that said, you know what, fuck this place. I'm going to go down the road and work for the other agency. You know what? Their problems followed them to the other agency. So you can't change people. 
you know, you can't change people. What you can do is change yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm a huge advocate for change agents. You know, I mean, we've all heard that term. You can be the change agent. I know that sounds cheesy and stuff like that, but I've seen it happen in my organization where officers on the street were like coming, you know, they'd change. And it was, it's infect, you know, it's infectious. I mean, it permeates through an organization. But if you are that unhappy, if you're that pissed off, go to another agency. You know, let me ask you this. So I'm, I'm going to change the subject for a second. The next question that I have for you is being in the position that you were in. I, I want to just go back and just say, I really enjoy that you got rid of these FTOs because I was having this conversation with somebody and I can't remember who it was. Would you agree? Okay. I don't know if you agree with this, but this is my opinion and I want you to, I want you to chime in on it. I think we need to put these new guys, our new FNGs, we need to put them with some serious veteran, happy, but veteran cops. And I mean like 20, 25 year veterans, guys and girls who like, they just love the job. They're doing the job because they love it. Right. But they're old school and they're like, you know, we're not going to cuff and stuff everybody. Like, you know what I mean? Cause I think we're finding that these people, these officers are just ready to just, I'm going to arrest everybody. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. Theft, whatever arrest, right? There's no gray. It's just some black, it's just black and white for them. Right. But these veteran cops, no, 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 no. Like, listen, listen, we, we have lunch at 11 o'clock, Frankie. We're not missing that. I don't care what happens. Right. But, I, but you know what? Veteran cops taught me so much about the world and about policing. And I really think it, they made me such a good cop because when I was like young and I was like, all right, let's see it. We're going at them. Right. And they're like, they'd like grab my shoulder and be like, Whoa. Yeah. No, no, no. What do you think? What do, what do you think about that? I like that. But only if the veteran, vet, uh, veteran officers want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cause I think, you know, the problem with sometimes with, with veteran officers and I've experienced this in my organization, I was constantly tapping shoulders saying, Hey man, you know, I would love for you to, to, you know, take this person under your wing and you'd get, and they were good officers, but they just didn't, they didn't want to do it. So I think the last thing you want to do is make people do something they really don't want to do. Now, luckily in my organization, you know, I had senior officers that had a lot of time under their belt that wanted to do that. And I agree with you. I think we need to pair them with senior officers, you know, but they have to want to do it because the last thing you want to do is force somebody to do something that they don't want to do. And that's going to come out in their mentoring and coaching. Pat, if you could implement one new policy nationwide right now, what would it be? Wow. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, it's, it's not for me. It's from a mastermind member. <laughs> you know, I, w- I would say, and, and, and there's policies out there. I, I, I think we need to, to kind of, and you hit a little bit of it, Autumn, we need to do a better job uh, with de-escalation. And I'm saying not constantly. I mean, there's a time to escalate. For those in law enforcement, you know what I mean. And there's policies out there. But I would focus more on de-escalation skills, communication skills, because to your point, I think sometimes what we're seeing is officers that are too quick to, to, to jump the gun. Not in every situation, but I, you know, when I left, we had a very young department. You know, a lot of people retired for various reasons, and there was a leadership void. So it's a matter of kind of you know, you know, teaching that more and more and pounding that home. And again, I'm not saying I'm not an advocate for not using force. I'm just saying that I, I would, I would spend a little bit more time on policy development with uh, policy development with, you know, de-escalation and stuff, things like that. Excellent. I love it. Now, another question, what are you looking for as a commander or a head of a department? What are you looking for and your new officers? What are the traits? You know, like I said, I mean, be humble. Humility is the, the biggest thing. I mean, admitting when you were wrong. 
Uh, I'm also, you know, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I'm looking for their work, you know, their work history, you know, uh, are they a performer? Are they, are they working hard? Are they prepared for the job? Because the one thing that, that I learned very quickly, Autumn, when I got promoted, went up to the ranks is, you know, don't be one of those people that when you, as soon as you get that star uh, pinned on or bar or whatever it is that you, you know, everything. Because the one thing I learned when I got promoted is now I had to, because you had to understand in my organization, one minute I was, these guys were in charge of me. The next minute I was in charge of them. Yeah. So I had to regain their trust. Yeah. You know, I came from a military background, so I'm just a firm believer, you know, people respect the rank. They may not respect the person. Mm-hmm. You have to respect the rank. So just because you get promoted, I'm looking at the person in front of me going, okay, is this going to be one of the people that gets a star or stripes or whatever? And it's going to be that person that's going to let it go to their head. I'm mm-hmm. not saying not be proud of the fact that you got promoted, but letting it go to your head, mm-hmm. you know, so be humble, you know, humility, work ethic, you know, are you a leader? I mean, are you willing to take responsibility when, you know, uh, you know, you F up? You know, I think Jocko mm. Willink said, there's no such thing as bad teams. There's only bad leaders. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I really look at a plethora of things, communication skills, you know, interpersonal skills, de-escalation skills, written skills. There's all different things that come into the fold. And uh, again, responsibility. We've talked about it a lot. And, you know, I mean, I, I went through a lot of promotional process where I didn't get it and realized that if you don't get promoted, you know, it's because of you, it's taking responsibility. So there's just a plethora of things that I look at. So hope I didn't ramble on too much. No, I love it. I think it's really good. If you could go back to your first year in LE, what would you tell yourself? Uh, don't think, take things too seriously. Mm. You know, I mean, cause I was one of those guys where, you know, I would just take things too seriously. Well, I didn't get, you know, I didn't make a collar. I didn't, you know, this case got plotted out. You know, I didn't make that arrest. I didn't, you know, I, I would just take things too seriously. And, you know, I mean, it's a serious job. I'm not saying you don't take it seriously, but I was one of those guys where I'd be like super pissed if the DA dropped the charges or, you know, I, you know, somebody, I, I couldn't make a case on somebody. So, I mean, it's just, come on. And that comes with age and stuff like that and experience, but, you know, you know, mellowing out a little bit, but I would say, yeah, don't think, take things uh, too seriously. I love that. I think that's huge. Um, and other than, the podcast. Can you tell us, our members want to know, what's a hobby? I know this answer, but what's a hobby of yours? I love golf. I was going to say golf. <laughs> I think Autumn, every, every time, you know, she's, she sees me on Instagram, I'm on a golf course somewhere. But Or I call you, you're on a or golf you're course. Me, you know, but I, I love golf. You know, I've been playing golf since I was, a, I was a kid. So I love it. I love skiing, outdoor sports and spending time with my family. Now, all my kids are out of the house. My youngest son just uh, joined the Air Well, he didn't just join the Air Force, but uh, he's in the Air Force now. Uh, I got, uh, you know, we're a blended family, four daughters and a son. And uh, the youngest is uh, 19. He's in the Air Force. And thankfully, he's uh, here at, uh, he's in the new Space Force uh, in, uh, uh, big hub for it is in Colorado. So I get to see him. That is so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Fucking kid's 19. S- he's got a top secret clearance. I'm like, what's going on? Where are the aliens? I'm serious. We need to know. Like, hey, I can't tell you that, Dad. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of karma because, you know, when I was in the Army, I had, a, I had a clearance. And my dad, who was, you know, retired military, he always used to ask me what's going on. And I was like, yeah, I can't tell you that shit. So it's like, you know, everything comes around, you know. It's so, so funny. That is funny. Well, Pat, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We've learned so much. You know, again, I just want to say this to all of the um, listeners is, 
listened to your message of just taking radical responsibility. And I just mm-hmm. think that that, that will like, that will lead you to success. Um, it seems Pat, is there anything that you want to say before we jump off? No, thanks again. I appreciate everybody being here. If anybody wanted to, to reach out to me on my website, cjevolution.com, you can uh, see all my social links. You can see all the shows and it's just an honor to be here. Uh, Autumn, thank you so much for inviting me on. Thank you for being here on Sheepdog Nation. You'll have all of this stuff right in the show notes. We will see you next time. They buried me in the water and I came I knew. <laughs> now I'm baptized in blue. I'm a fighter. I will never quit. I refuse to lose. I got heart and I got gritty. I'm a warrior. Just been baptized in blue. I'm a warrior. Just been baptized in blue. I'm a fighter. Family, country, and town The media don't cover us huh. Well, maybe Fox, cause MSNBC and CNN Surely don't care about cops Politicians more concerned about protecting the legal Instead of laying the law down And protecting the people Let me get off my soapbox Before I curse I don't see way too many cops Riding in hearse Well, I wouldn't expect you to understand What I do, only the thin blue light Cause they baptized in blue uh, I'm a fighter Winner never quit, I refuse to lose I got heart and I got gritty, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue I'm a fighter, never winner never quit I refuse to lose, I got heart and I got gritty, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue If I'm faced with a mission, I'm gonna complete it If that means being deleted, I live with the credence I do this for the combat vets and LEOs when I'm suited, ready to go. It's either friend or 
four only Lord knows what my future's in store I only kill with the hope to see more So God don't close that door If I take a life, it's him or me with the host to survive, not be a good tree I go in situations that you cannot imagine Deal with things that you cannot fathom Know it buts or rather I'd rather fight for cause than live for nothing So when you read my headstone, you know I died for something You hypersensitive, she complain by justified force You blame the cops first, that don't work, you blame the courts But I wouldn't expect you to understand what I do Only the thin blue line, cause they baptized in blue arm oh, I'm a fighter I never quit, I refuse to lose I got heart and I got gritty, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue I'm a warrior, just been baptized in blue I'm a fighter, number winner, never quit I refuse to lose I got heart and I got gritty, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue I'm a warrior, just been baptized in blue uh.